you're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast. Today, we're sharing with you how an eight-figure company actually runs. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and with 13 years online, I've built my business to over $9 million in sales per year. And this is the first non-business business podcast that shows you how to apply the principles of spirituality, energy, and mindset to create true and lasting success all from the inside out. This is the Mind Your Business Podcast. The episode you're about to listen to is one of five in a powerful business transforming series that we have put together for you called Down to Business. It's an in-depth, inside look under the hood of how we run an eight-figure company at a high level of performance with a high profit margin. And as you dive into this episode, I want to help you get the most out of this powerful series. When you head on over to mindyourbusinesspodcast.com forward slash DTB, that's mindyourbusinesspodcast.com forward slash DTB for down to business, you're going to get your hands on a free accompanying workbook called the 5X Your Business Performance Workbook designed to help you implement and integrate the exercises and training that we've provided for you in these five episodes. So head on over to mindyourbusinesspodcast.com forward slash DTB right now, grab that workbook and enjoy the episode. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, I'm James Wedmore. And I'm Jilly Cedeno. And this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. You're here, you made it. Thanks so much for tuning in because this is another edition of the Down to Business series. (laughs) Making business sexy. (laughs) Making the unsexy really sexy. And we have a very special guest with us today. Hi there. Hi, it's Darlene from Team Wedmore. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. So there's three of us on the show. We've got two mics. We're gonna do as amazing of a job as possible. We have a member of our team here joining us, Darlene. She is the director of operations for our company. Is that correct? That's correct. And you've been working with us just over... Two years. Two years now. And what we are gonna do in this episode is Darlene has prepared a list. A list of the five, is it? Mm-hmm. Five. We've narrowed it down to five core areas that she owns within the company that are the things that no one talks about. Let's just be honest. No one, no one is on Instagram and club. What is it? Club hat and and saying, look at how you know, because that's why you start a business, right? Like, oh, I just, I still want to start a business because I love payroll and taxes and legal <laughs> and give me a contract. Oh, I'm done. HR, HR, <laughs> right? But the reality is, is this is the stuff that's required, and the longer you put it off and ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist, the bigger it gets. And so we wanted to show you these are the things that we focus on, and hopefully we will dispel the myth of these things being ugly and scary because all successful businesses will need to deal with these eventually. If you're starting out today, and this is like your first day of business, this episode isn't for you to do anything on other than be mindful and say, this is what's coming, okay? But when you're up and going, like you gotta start putting these these things in place and it doesn't happen overnight, okay? This is a long time coming. So we're gonna get into that in just a moment. 
anything else before we get into it? Jilly? No, but I think it's a fun story and it's kind of relevant in what we're talking about. So relevant. Yeah, exactly. So how Darlene came to be a part of Team One More is a fun story because Darlene and I have worked together for what, the past plus 10 years at least? least, Yeah. So Darlene worked for my dad for over 30 years. And And you worked for your dad. And I worked for my dad for eight years. So that's where we, I guess, met. But really, Darlene's been in my life my entire life. In fact, wasn't it your first day with my dad that he found out? that my mom was pregnant with me? Yes. I walk in the door. I'm sitting at my desk. Bill comes in with a look on his face. I'm like, what's what's up? And he's like, my wife is pregnant. So enter Jilly. That's Jilly. <laughs> That's me. So then obviously I've been working for Team One More for about six years now. And a few years in, you know, I knew Darlene was really excited about what was going on. We'd have, you know, meet up for dinner and drinks and everything. And I'd tell her all the amazing things we we're doing. And I knew she was kind of interested. So One day I brought the idea to James. I said, we should look at my old boss, Darlene, as someone who would be a great fit for the company. Yeah. And hired. Hired. Done. (laughs) And you were actually for a while commuting in from Riverside County? Yes. It was about a 40-mile drive through the mountains. And the traffic. Okay, the traffic too. I'm leaving that part out. I wanted to make this sexy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it just shows, you know, like the dedication. So, okay. So, we're all family. Yeah. Yeah. All family. So, you guys are going to share a mic. You can just take it or grab it however you need to. But Darlene, before we get into this list, let's do this. Let me ask this question first. How would you describe your role in a few sentences and no more than that. What is like the overall function or purpose that you offer the company? It's funny because I think about the answer to this question often. And really what it is, I'm a fireman. I put out fires all the time. I foresee things that are going to happen and I get in and I take care of it before it happens. Mm -hmm. What would be some examples of type of fires? Oh gosh. Well, that can be an employee issue. We have an Mm -hmm. employee who may be traveling down the wrong path. So it's my time to intervene, have a conversation with this person and see what we can do to get them on the right path. Mm -hmm. A lot of these are, just to clarify, these are fires, if you will, to use your uh, analogy, that are not really forward-facing fires. It's not like we put out a a webinar registration page and it's not converting and we're spending all this money. You don't, you don't really touch the marketing side of our business. Nope, not at all. Right. So it's all that other stuff. And that's why we keep using that metaphor, Jilly and I, about like the car, you know, the car with the, ooh, the paint job and that body and the, ooh, the leather seats and all that type of stuff. And, and then there's when you pop open the hood and you look at all the wires and the carburetor connecting to the, to the, this is the valves and the cylinders and all the things. People are like, what is all that? And that's really where you operate. Exactly. It can also be in expenses. We're paying a lot for credit card merchant fees. So I was, I contacted Stripe, who happens to be a merchant person. Mm-hmm. And we're saving a ton of money in 2021 because we made some changes. That was a fire, a foreseen fire. Yeah. And not fire in the sense of necessarily like, I think there's the urgency of like, ah, the business is falling apart kind of thing versus like, whoa, you caught something that could have gotten worse, like you said, foresaw it sooner. And like you guys talking to our listeners here, the digital CEO, how often are you catching all those little things when you're out there like being the personal brand, being the authority, being the expert, and you're supposed to catch all those little things. So how valuable is it when you have this role filled? Exactly. And it's like, this person, Darlene, and your operations person is, is someone that kind of like nips problems in the bud before they even become problems. 
because if they didn't, right. they might become larger issues in the future. Right. So although she's a fireman or firewoman, I think it's more like preventative firing. Is it? Preemptive, preventative, whichever word you want to use. Yeah, before it becomes too much of a fire. Exactly. I think if it's become a fire and it, you're the one that found out about it, it was because you didn't have this person in place. So what I'm going to ask our listeners, we've never talked about this stuff really in this depth. And this is perfectly a part of our down to business series where we're taking a look under the hood of a well-oiled machine. So we have to talk about these things. But it's very easy for some of our listeners to get bored overwhelmed or intimidated. But here's the thing. You signed up and said, I want to run a business. Did you know what you signed up for? Because it isn't like some broke influencer on Instagram, you know, that's like always half naked in front of some exotic landscape on an Instagram post. And that's a business. That's not a business. That's just a photo on the Instagrams. And if you're serious about running a business, these are serious things that you need to start putting your mind and attention on. Do not let them, the things that Darlene are going to go over, deter you. No, do not let them discourage you. Do not let them defeat you. These are simply things to say, I will need to have this and it will come. I'm so glad someone is finally talking about this. Okay, good. I Wow, what if I didn't know that I needed this? And it's nice to know that. And as I go and as I grow, I can start putting these in place. Did I have anything from that list in place with my first 100,000? No. Did any of this really start happening until maybe, if I'm being really honest, the $300,000 mark up to the million is when I said, okay, I need to start putting some of this in place. Just a little. I'm not giving that as advice. I'm just sharing personal history of when I started putting this. But none of this was in place for the first many years of my business, okay? Right. So, a lot of this wasn't in place even when I first started because we were much smaller at that point. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm getting at is if you're sitting there saying, well, I can't start my business or make money in my business until all of this is in place, you just weren't listening to anything I said. And you're now using this stuff as more of a scapegoat. How dare you? What did this stuff ever do to you? You're using it as a scapegoat for why you can't succeed. And that's nonsense. Nonsense. Yeah. So. I would say take your personal brand hat off and put your digital CEO hat on for this episode Amen. and enjoy it. <laughs> okay. Five areas under the hood in the realm of operations that we're going to look at today. Darlene, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Take us through this first one. First off is finance. There's really three key components to finance. Actually four. There's your banking, your merchant accounts, you're creating and approving budgets with your team members for their various roles, as well as you're conducting expense audits. Just want to make sure that everything is in line. You're not paying too much. You're not keeping things on the books that you no longer need. Finance. So what I'm hearing is that you have your eye on making sure the money is coming in, right? Merchant accounts and, and making sure money receivables, all that type of stuff. But also you have an eye on the money that's going out. Exactly. So in a way you're protecting, you're kind of that first line of defense of profit margin. You guys both just recently took on a bit of an expense audit in the like last half of 2020. What would you say are some of the things that you caught that allowed us, because we just had, by the way, Jilly, do you want to share what you share with me about our profit margin? 
Yeah. First look at profits from 2019 to 2020. Obviously, there's some adjustments with taxes and everything, but we're looking at almost a 79% increase over last year. Wow. So we drastically increased our profit margin from 2019 to 2020. And it's fair to say that part of that has to do with expense audits and things like this. What were some things that you caught that we could give into specifics? So you're like, why are we paying for this? What is this for? Well, one of them, again, is the merchant fees that we're paying for credit cards. We've got that reduced by over 1%, which is a large amount when you're looking at the overall cost of right. that. Do 1% of a million dollars and that already starts to add up. Mm -hmm. That's an extra $10,000 you're paying. So do you remember or recall off the top of your head, I'm not trying to stump you or quiz you, darling, like what it was and what you got it reduced to and how did you make that happen? Well, it was about, it's approximately 3.49% looking at reverse at wow. the numbers. We got it reduced to 2.4%. This is Stripe. This is Stripe. Yep. Actually, Stripe reached out to me because they saw that we were overspending on it and they wanted, obviously, wow. to, uh, to keep our business with Stripe because yep. it's obviously a lot. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're a priority for them. These are great things that how often are you told in your online course business to look at merchant fees? I understand because I remember someone would say stuff like that to me and I was not important. And the reason it wasn't important to me is because you look at one to two to 3% of 50,000 in a year and you're like, not worth the time. But when that grows, that percentage, that cost grows with it. And when you're doing 10 million a year, you start to see what a 1% difference does for your business. Exactly. What it is, is it starts at a higher fee because you're not taking in as much money, but the more money you take in, the less your fees are going to be, the less percentage your fees are going to be. Yeah. So that's huge. And then also just taking a look at just old stuff that's been on the books for mm. four, five, six years that we're just not using. Can you give an example of something that came up? Grasshopper was one, one thing that came up. Oh, sorry, Grasshopper. We love you, Grasshopper. But these are like the software and tools that we maybe use during a launch and it's like a phone delivery service or something. And then you just forget to turn it off. And you're like, we haven't used those in three years. So other things like that, Jilly? Yeah, I think to give a different example that's also relevant, things like maybe tools like monday.com. How many people are on your team that actually need full team access? Or can you kind of cut that down a little bit and then just give them shareable boards, for example. Mm. So you don't need to always pay full top dollar. Right. Because some, some software, some applications, they charge you by how many users you have. And you might have let go of somebody and you're still paying for them to have uh, access. Right. And that, just like all these little wasteful things. And this is so important because, look, I want all of you making more money. OK, but if you only think making more money means making more sales, well, if you if you make $100,000 and it costs $100,000 to make that $100,000, you didn't make any money. Right. And so we have to look at it from both sides. How do we make more money and how do we decrease expenses? We've talked about this before. And these are things that most entrepreneurs are not looking at. Yeah, I think it's m most important to really understand what your team is actually using and are they making the most out of that platform? A great example is us switching from Infusionsoft to ActiveCampaign. We had Infusionsoft which does all the things, all the things, but yeah. it's very confusing to use. That's why they call it confusion soft. I, I mean, I still love it, but as soon as I saw active campaign, the way that it's presented to me and the way that my brain works, I knew that I could use it 10 times more effectively and efficiently. And it's than, cheaper. And it's like, half the cost. Yeah. And now we have like twice as many contacts as we did in Infusionsoft. And didn't, still didn't you also, one of you texted me like a month or two ago saying like, we just found like $400 a month in expenses that we were able to get rid of. Yeah, we did that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just like, 
it may not sound like much, but it is. Yeah, especially if you're taking on a new software that you really wanted. Like we really wanted to upgrade our Insta page account. So I kind of made a deal with James. I was like, let me upgrade the account and I'll review everything and see where we can make that money back. Yeah. And we did. That really is important because what we did notice for a while, we kind of had this like growth phase where we grew really fast and like expenses were just kind of, I think a good word to use there is we're a little lavish. Extremely lavish, yes. Yeah, Darlene would agree with that one. We like to make things easy. Well, you know, and you're just kind of like, here you go. And yeah, you know, we might have bought giant BBD letters that were like $15,000. Totally worth it because now we have them forever. But yeah, there were some. We might have like $20,000 worth of Legos. No big deal. Fine. But at least. But the, the joy that I receive from those Legos is priceless. Mm -hmm. Okay, worth it. We can make an argument to buy anything. Yeah, we really can. It's like, we'll find a way to have an ROI with that. Darlene Reigns, James and I. Yes, so so that is an important aspect is that we have that kind of counter energy in Darlene of like monitoring and managing expenses. And take us through, because I think this is important. You talked about budgets. Right. You're managing budgets you kind of have to approve the budget. Like someone can't just come to you and say, hey, I'm running an event with James and I'd like my budget to be 100000 for this. Right, exactly. That's not going to work. What we do look at is what we spent the last time around. As an example, the gift boxes. That was a, a big one this past year. So we took a look at what we Well, spent and they don't the know past. what that is. So okay. for our high-end clients, and they they may not know this yet, if they haven't received it yet. But by the time this episode comes out, they'll know. We create the beautiful, or are you talking about the BBD bu- gift the boxes? BBD gift okay, boxes. great. So high-end clients as well, but also our BBD students all get a physical box in the mail with a bunch of extra goodies. It's really cool stuff in there. So spoiler. that's what your spoiler alert. Yes. That's what Darlene is referring to. Yes. So essentially what happened is we were told it was going to, we did a breakdown of the various parts of that gift box right down to the box and the paper and the postage. And unfortunately, it ran over with really no explanation until the very end. And it's actually quite frustrating because you're given a budget of, say, $50,000 and you're spending Mm $60,000. Well, there's no justification. Postage is just not the justification. You should have taken that into consideration right in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. So what I'm hearing that is important to share is that there's no point in having a budget if there isn't someone there to like own it or manage that. And so if someone on your team just is like, you go, hey, I want you to have a budget of blah, 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 like $10 per customer for a gift for them. And then they go over that. Where's the accountability? Where is the the reprimanding? Where is the communication of, hey, something went wrong here? And that's what Darlene does. So before we continue, I actually want to unpack and go a little deeper with the gift boxes thing. So we had a budget, but the budget is, it's based on, this is important to look at numbers and how we look at things is the budget was based on a, how much we're willing to spend per customer, right? So if you have a customer, let's say that's, that is buying a $1,000 product of yours, you have a budget of, let's say $10. So that adds up if you have a lot of customers, but we had a budget. What was it? It was like $30, $40 per customer. Do you remember? I believe it was $35 per customer. And we went over budget. Yes, we did. We went over budget by, I believe it was about five to six bucks per customer. Per customer. And that adds up. If we had to get to the source of that breakdown, what caused that? Just not being prepared. The person who I was working on the budget with. With Within the team. Within the team. Yes. She just didn't know her numbers. It was new for her. Mm-hmm. She didn't look at the past to see what would work out mm-hmm. as far as the correct numbers go. Probably overspending on some, well, obviously overspending on some of the items as well. 
So how does that happen? Someone just doesn't do math? Like, how does that happen? She didn't know her job, apparently. I mean, that's all I can... I'm sorry. So Darlene's but... tough. I mean, that's what you need. Well, you yeah. need a Darlene. Yeah, Darlene's bad cop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. One more. <laughs> but like, it, I mean, it is interesting because it's like, you want to sit there and say, okay, I want to have a gift for my members and the budget is $30 per gift box. And then someone comes back to you and says, it's going to be $36. And it's like, well, you went over budget. You didn't get that approved. These are protocols and processes that need to be in place what happened there? You know what I mean? And I would assume it's just negligence of sorts of like, I just chose to ignore the budget. Yeah. And I think it was also like some procrastination involved as in they didn't get the stuff to the company in enough time in advance. So everything was kind of rushed. Mm -hmm. So when things are rushed, they cost more. (laughs) When things are rushed, (laughs) mistakes are made and expenses go up. Exactly. And I think the biggest thing about this is Darlene really holds each kind of department accountable. So yes, mistakes like this happen, but it's more like, what are we going to be doing moving forward? So this never happens again. So we're already looking at other things that we can include in the box that would actually provide more value, be a more fun experience and save money. That's so great. And in case you're wondering, the company that we use is Vervante. We love Vervante. Vervante.com, not the official sponsors of this podcast, but big fans that we are of using their stuff. So whenever you receive a gift from us in the mail, one of our products, mugs, and do they? No, they don't do the mugs, do they? They just deliver with all that stuff. Oh yeah. It's Vervante. V-E-R-V-A-N-T-E.com. (laughs) All right. Anything else in the realm and topic of finances that is important for people to look at that is beyond just sales and marketing? Well, again, it just comes down to cost. A lot of the finance is all about cost. It's Mm -hmm. making sure you're doing your due diligence and researching what you're spending your money on. There's no sense in let's get back to the gift boxes and spending $10 on a box, literally just the box. Oh, that's what it was. When you can spend $2. Okay. Now we get to it. So what it was is it was like $30 to get the contents and then the box and the branding on the box was what costs extra money, which was not foreseen. And then boom. Exactly. And then the filler, it's a whole myriad of things, but you have to do your due diligence. You have to essentially practice what you preach. I can do this. Great. Show me how you're going to do it. Mm. Come to me with the numbers you've already researched. Don't just start pulling them out of the air. That doesn't work for me. Yeah. Obviously. Do not piss Darlene off is (laughs) basically the takeaway from this episode. (laughs) So (laughs) hopefully all of team Wedmore is listening to this. This is why I knew she'd be perfect. Right. 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 And we're just like, don't get on her bad side. Okay. All right. Let's continue. What's next? Okay, so next is team culture. Mm. Um, This is really important because we always want to keep the morale of the team high, pumped, full of energy, excited about everything that we're Mm -hmm. doing. You know, there are some sexy parts of this business and there's some not so sexy parts of the business. But if you've got the team culture, you've got the right people in the right spot, that's key. That's Mm -hmm. everything. Also part of that in the team culture, we do our core value award. And I know Mm -hmm. if you're a regular listener of the podcast, you know what our core values are. We talk about them all the time. Each week, a person uh, wins the core value. So as an example, I won for integrity. Then the following week, the next core value is get done. So it's up to me to pick the person who got done and explain why it is that I gave them that. Yes, it's like a torch we passed. Every member of the team is, is Darlene had to choose who on the team best demonstrated and exemplified this core value over the past five days. And we give them a $50 Amazon gift card, little little perk. 
Make it fun. Um, but what I think I want to reiterate here is you as the digital CEO, the founder, the, the visionary of the company, creating and establishing the environment for the team culture is up to you. What Darlene does is manages and runs the pieces that continue to perpetuate that company culture. Yeah, I think the core values are kind of like the operating laws. It's like, this is how the company operates in every way, shape, and form. Right, right. And so you send out those Amazon gift cards. I send out those Amazon gift cards. As soon as I know who the winner is, that Amazon gift card is sent out. Mm -hmm. That's just little things. Could you imagine if you were doing all those, all those little things add up if you're doing it all yourself? Yeah. What else within culture? Well, I plan and coordinate our team and executive retreats, Mm -hmm. which are super fun. Our our next one is coming up real soon to Las Vegas, baby. Vegas. (laughs) Yep. So Darlene is in charge of travel, logistics, and... Everything in between to make that happen. Yep. And I work with Jilly on the itinerary and going to have an awesome time this time. Which we always always have an awesome time. It sounded like last time she didn't, but (laughs) (laughs) that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, that's really good. And then also, of course, I'm in charge of purchasing gifts for the team at birthdays, work anniversary, holidays. We also do a little quarterly gift now just for the fun of it to remind them that they're working for the best it's true. Job in the world, best yep. person in the world. That's true. That's true. true. Yeah, it's true. Brainwashing. Yep. Yeah, it works. <laughs> <laughs> it works. So you guys can see that like all these things, as soon as you start to have a team, become things that have to be done and are they still being done by you? Right. You know, and it's part of operations. It, it's yeah. not the things that you're going to see when you're following an influencer on Instagram. Right. And all those things have budgets. I mean, Darlene and I had the idea to kind of send these quarterly gifts to our team. And, and we created, we're like, well, on a standard quarter, it's going to be like $10 a person. But if we hit a crazy goal that quarter, let's bump it up to 25 So mm-hmm. we kind of give ourselves a wiggle room to just kind of treat yourself. Treat yourself. And here's here's the best part of all of it. I, I had zero involvement. This was not my idea. And I wasn't even a part of the decision-making process. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Correct. I'm left out of it because it's in their realm. And it's something that they wanted to do. And they took an, an initiative on. I said, just make sure to send James a Valentine, too. Yes. <laughs> Won't you and be mine? And he is appreciated and loved oh, by team. They love me. They really love me. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Okay, what's next? The next item that we're going to talk about is team performance. Mm, Okay. This is a big word for me, performance. Well, what is performance? How do you guys want to answer that? Well, for me, performance is, are you doing what you said you would do? Mm, Yes. And what essentially you're hired to do. Yes. And how well are you doing it? And obviously, how well are you doing it? Your scorecard metric is going to reflect on how well you're doing Mm. your job. Yep. Great. Because I'm a mini James, it's, <laughs> it's wait, yeah. less input with more output. Yeah, yes. absolutely. It's the percentage. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the ability to do what we say we're going to do. And when we increase that performance, it's more efficiency, mm-hmm. you know, with more ease, less effort. That's exactly. great. Yeah. yeah. More automation. So we're big on team performance. So in what ways are you contributing to managing team performance? Well, first of all, like I said, we have the scorecard metrics. Everybody has the scorecard metric they're responsible for. So you know you're an integral part of the team. Mm -hmm. You are responsible for something every week, and you're reporting on that every week. Mm -hmm. And if there's change, be it good or bad, we're going to look to you for the reason. But the important thing to say here is you manage the scorecard. Yes. So everyone on the team manages a number. This is so cool. I love that we did this. Everyone on the team manages a number, a metric. It's a metric that matters. It's a metric that moves the needle of the entirety of of the company, like Instagram followers or 
podcast downloads. But then Darlene manages the scorecard itself. So every week, what do you report on? Well, I, I report on the overall growth of the team and the percentage of growth. The overall growth of the metrics week by week. And that is my favorite metric. I mean, I, I think you're laughing at me that I geek out too much on this, but no, no. it's my favorite metric of everything. Cause it's, if last week we did 400 followers and this week we did 300 followers. And then the next week we do 800 followers week by week and quarter by quarter and year by year, how much are we growing? And it's really interesting because we report this every week and it's about a one to 1.5% growth every week. And it's like, that's success, baby. Like, I know when you're not measuring things, you can't grow what you can't measure and you're just going off of emotions. You're like, I feel like I'm not making any progress. I feel like this is all for nothing. I'm stuck and blah, blah, blah. And we're sitting there going 1.5% increase, 1.5%, 1.5 every week, every week, every week. That's how we do it. Exactly. And of course, the bigger you are, the less your numbers are going to reflect a large amount of growth, but that's okay. You know what? I'd rather be big and have a lower growth percentage than be small and have a high growth percentage. You have to be small in the beginning. There's no way around it. But as you get bigger, those numbers are going to shrink a little. But you know what? 1.5% of I don't know, let's say, well, 10 million is a lot. It is. It it does. It adds up. And it is, it's, to me, I'm not concerned. People get so, people are always looking for the overnight success person. Like, where's the person that just went from zero to hero in 24 hours? And, you know, my favorite fable and story is the tortoise and the hare. The tortoise won in that story. And that's what we are. We put one, 1.5 feet in front of the other every single week. And here we are, you know, I think even like six years ago, when I first started, we still even though we didn't have these things in place, that was still kind of our game plan was just like slow and steady and build momentum and everything. Mm -hmm. And we've just continued to do it. And nothing's changed all that much in the past six years other than we have more people to help us grow. So it's just more exponential. So to reiterate how epically powerful this is, every member of the team owns a metric, but then Darlene owns the overall performance of everyone's metric. How well is the team, each individual metric growing week by week? So can you take us through a little bit about how you look at those metrics or what you do if you see, because we didn't have like a down week. We had like a 0.8% in growth week one week. Like, Where does your thinking go with that? Well, typically we talk about that at the executive meeting because there's a representative there from every department. Mm -hmm. So essentially the department head, what happened? Why was the podcast growth down last week? Why was the Instagram growth down last week? Did we post a maybe a not so hot picture of me? Okay, no, I I, I, I saw... I, I saw the Instagram live last week. That's You're so handsome, James. Wow. Wow. I didn't type hey, that. Hey, sex sells. Sex sells. Oh my gosh. That, yeah, we didn't we didn't post hot enough pictures of James. Oh Next my week. gosh. <laughs> He's blushing. It's funny because we really don't post pictures. No, of that's what's so funny. No. It's like, um, sorry, James. We don't know how to say this, but pictures of you don't do very well. So we're just gonna move on without you. But we love you. Here's your Valentine's gift. <laughs> you were remembered. They so. love me. I got a bath bomb from the team. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I've yet to use it, but I will. Okay. All right. So that's great. So you bring that up and you're like, hey, I'm noticing here. And you know what people don't get? Julie, how, how much of a broken record are we to, we're blue in the face telling people to put their scorecards in their weekly report and they don't, so many I people know. don't do it. If you guys would just implement this piece of 
coaching that we're giving just you right now, listen we would stop to talking about it. <laughs> we're talking we about will... it because we don't see enough people actually doing it. Yeah. And the thing is, is that when what happens when you don't do it is you just wake up one day and you're like, why is nothing working? Because it hasn't been working for six months. But when you're checking it every week, you catch it in a week. And you go, whoop, something's got to change here. So we are just like that overused analogy that people have of a plane leaving LA to JFK. We're making micro adjustments along the way every week. And exactly. People are being held accountable. Yes. And 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 weekly. Weekly. Yes. And in many jobs, people are not held accountable. For me, that's a pet peeve of mine when you're not held accountable. Oh, yeah. You are the accountability czar. Exactly. And I just want to point out that it's not just like the traditional growth metrics that we're, you know, reporting on like sales, followers, all that stuff. I mean, where you get down to the nitty gritty things like customer support response time, because our customers are super important to us. And we're measuring that every week. So if that goes up 30 minutes, we're like, what the heck? What is it on average? Like less than two hours, usually like an hour and a half. Response. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just really as an average across the whole week. That's really good. Exactly. So it just it gives us a lot of knowing that if a customer posts a question, we know that it's going to be handled right away. Mm-hmm. Even though we say we give ourselves a forty eight hours, but it's always two hours. So yep. for example, if that bumps up, we might look to see how many conversations they had and close that week. And it could be, you know, for example a link was broken somewhere and that caused a whole bunch of extra tickets to come in. So those are, and that's something that we can fix. So it never happens again. Darlene, is it fair to say that you're also the one that helps the members of the team create their 90 day goals? Do you do that? Or is that more Jilly? I think that's pretty much a team effort because we talk about Harry's department department heads do that. Okay. So our department heads go to each member of the team and let's say someone who owns our Instagram following says, what's your outcome goal? What's your big Harry scary goal for the next 90 days? And so that their department head is kind of coaching them through how to create an outcome for that, which, okay, that's good. Okay. What else in as, as far as team performance? Well, I just want to touch briefly on Harry's scary goals, because if you just tell people to create a goal, they're going to go with what they're comfortable with. Most people they will stretch a little bit, Mm -hmm. but if you don't ask them to actually stretch a lot, they're not going to stretch a lot. And I've seen James coach many of us through this and it's amazing what people will say. As an example, there was a, I think it was a couple of years ago about next level renewals and reaching a goal. And the person had said initially a 20% goal. James is like, well, why not 50? And I believe she ended up making her goal 40 and we did meet the 40% yeah. next level renewal goal. Yeah. So it's just, you just have to do one more thing. I mean, I think one of the things that I can relate to is, you know how you work really hard before you go on vacation because you don't want to come back to that big old mess when you get back? Well, if you just do that extra one thing every single day, you're not going to have to do that. And it makes a huge difference. And especially when you're trying to attain that hairy, scary goal. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I think employees come to a new job with the belief that if I don't reach this goal, then that means I'm a failure. I'm going to mm-hmm. lose my job. People are going to be disappointed in me. I'm going to let people down. And that's the exact opposite of how we actually feel. We would much rather people not hit a goal, but at least grow and and get something out of it personally and professionally than just always hit goals. Because if you're always hitting goals and you're just going to keep setting lower and lower goals because you don't want to. If you're always hitting your goals, it means you're not you're not playing a big enough game exactly. and that if you're not playing a big enough game, you're, me- you're just, you're mediocre. Right. And, and we don't, we don't want mediocrity. No. And team. part of, and part of the team culture and team performance that's so important for us is we always want, whether they stay with the company or not, we always want our team members to grow from their experience with us yes. and setting goals like that translates into your life on such a deep level that it, that just doing that one thing can really make a profound impact on someone's Abs- life. Absolutely. 
Yeah, exactly. So another way that we keep track of team performance is by using Monday.com as a task manager. We love Monday. I love Monday. Hate the name. Yeah, uh, that, that's not my favorite. It's better than DePulse, but they're both. I mean, like we need to fire their name maker. Yeah. If that's an official position, it's they're doing an awful job. <laughs> well, I mean, like, hey, it's on Monday. Like, what does that mean? Like, are you going to do it on Monday? Oh, oh, the software Monday. And everyone hates Mondays. So you've just associated something that most people hate with your software. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd rather, I'd rather you call it Friday. We love Mondays though. <laughs> yeah. We do. Yeah. We're weird like that. And we love the software that is called monday.com. Exactly. The team member puts their task on there and it could be a task that maybe I created for them to do or somebody else on the team. And you can assign that person to that task and you put a due date on it. Mm-hmm. If it's not done, well, you know what? You can go and say, hey, what's going on? Why are you not doing this? The team member can add comments to it, give a status on it so you're not completely left in the dark. It's a great messaging accountability holder place. Totally. And Jilly, so much automation that's available. Oh my gosh. Don't even get me started on Monday. (laughs) No, I'm obsessed with Monday. That's what I was just going to say. I think it can become quite overwhelming if you're just thinking of your team and all the different tasks. But the beautiful thing about Monday is there's an abundance of automations that you can put in place so that actually the platform itself, you can set it up to not only manage yourself, but can also like send reminders automatically to your team to Mm -hmm. check in on various different things if the status isn't marked complete. We even use Monday to report on our scorecards every week Mm -hmm. and it sends out a reminder and everything. Yes. I just continually to learn new and exciting Monday platforms. It also, fun fact, it Mm. connects with Zapier now. So just like... My brain explodes when I go in there. The, and possibilities. Just, the possibilities are just endless. endless. And it's very exciting for me to geek out on. Yeah. That's pretty much what I do now. I automate everything now. Mm-hmm. She's the automation queen, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's like, oh, great. Here's another automation. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, on team performance, what I do take care of also is consequences, a.k.a. strikes. Ooh. I'm going to cover that one a little bit more in human resources. Okay. Well, also, you, you had some other things on there. Some of the software that we use, like LastPass. Mm. And I think there's just some of the other software we use that becomes very like how we increase workability as a team. Things like Dropbox is how we transfer files. Slack. We use Slack. I am excluded mm-hmm. from Slack. Yeah, we use I Slack to communicate Slack. To, with VAs and things like that. LastPass is the software we use to share passwords for all of the stuff. Google Drive is where we keep and store all our copy. Is there anything else that's like a big... We've talked about these our software stack before. Yeah, we try to keep it pretty basic. That's always one of the things that we do to keep mm-hmm. things basic in talking just for a moment in the realm of team performance. I always hear these stories of people that are like, well, for my online course, like it's different. So I need to get a custom programmer to build out my own platform that can do all these things and stuff like that. And that becomes such a huge bottleneck in your entire performance. Mm-hmm. Everyone on our team has zero tech background and everyone on our team can manage things like Kajabi and ActiveCampaign. We keep our software simple so that we can perform at higher levels. I don't know if that fits into our conversation with Darlene today. That was a decision I made long ago, but it really is always so important is why are you trying to use things that make, it just makes your business more complex and convoluted when it just going to slow things down. Like now you need some programmer And that affects your company culture because uh, the personality type of a programmer is going to be very different than the personality type that is the the energy that's attracted to our team right now. Mm -hmm. And it's it's important that we all work together as a team. There's enough, you know, personality differences, but like 
what that difference is, is usually someone who's on the team right now is very heart centered. They're very like purpose driven. They're very like, I can help these people. Wow. And I, I contribute to that. And, you know, someone who's more like brainy programmer is may not be as concerned as that, you know, and we've had those experiences before. I'm not saying absolutes or, you know, anything, but it's harder. Yeah. To find that, so. And I think in the beginning, too, when you're just getting things started, you can kind of default into like, oh, I'll just do it manually and it's going to be fine. But when these softwares, they really help you like build the business that you actually want, not the business that you have. Mm. So I encourage you as you're setting up your softwares and if you even go down the, the rabbit hole of automation, really start to build for like a two years from now, what's going to be helpful for you two years from now? What's going to be not just like the immediate thing that you just need right now? Absolutely. Not the Band-Aid approach. Mm-hmm. All right. What's next? Well, one more thing. Oh, one more thing. Yes. Sorry. Is when you're creating your processes, literally starting from point A, and I've learned this one the hard way in creating a process is, I just assume that everybody knows. Well, no, not everybody knows. So mm-hmm. I can, I actually will give it to my husband and say, here, you try this and see if you come up with the Did same result. Yeah. yeah. And it's amazing what you really do forget to put in there. So monday.com, I use that a lot for creating processes as well for our entire team. Yeah. Storing the processes in there. Storing the process. Yeah. Absolutely. It helps. It's because also when you hire somebody, Again, maybe for this same position, maybe you're expanding or maybe the other two didn't work out. Well, you've already got the process created. Mm -hmm. So it's so easy to say, just follow it. A, B, C, D, E. Do it. And it's so much easier. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why we created Business by Design the way we did, where it's a set of processes and execution guides. So you too, as a student, can take it and say, here, do it. This is how we do it. Do it. And it takes so much of that like heavy critical thinking out of the equation. You know, That comes down to performance. Exactly. You nailed something that like take the heavy thinking off the table. I mean, that's exactly it. And that's why I think I love automation so much because I can think about it in the right headspace and really go deep on it one time. And then I never never have to think about it again. James said this beautiful thing to me when I first got started that I think we pass along to each one of our team members because they do have their set of VAs is just because I give you something once doesn't mean I'm asking you to do it forever is just do it this time, set a process for it and then assign it to someone. And then you just manage that person. Mm -hmm. And that's a beautiful distinction that you should absolutely be doing for yourself and passing along to everyone. If you're not doing that, you're just creating a job for yourself. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next is payroll. This is number four. Number four. Payroll. Payroll. It was payday today. (laughs) Oh, perfect. Perfect. I love payday. Yes. So we use Zenefits. Again, this is another one of those items that you have to research because everybody charges different fees. It's based upon the number of employees you have. Anyways, we use Zenefits. And what I love about Zenefits is I get notifications all the time about various employment laws that are changing. And I recently got notification that we had to create a COVID-19 document within our payroll system. So it's now there. So if somebody says, hey, you didn't do this. Well, yes, I did. You just have to look here. Boom, it's yeah. done. And they give you guides to make it, which is awesome as well. Mm, that is really great. So it makes it easier too. It's a great user experience for the team. They can log in and see their status on payments, past pay stubs and all that all that type of stuff. Yeah, it also houses all of our important documents for taxes and things like that for mm-hmm. the team. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you're managing that. Yes, I manage that as well. I've logged in twice in like three years. <laughs> five times total <laughs> she knows how many times i've logged in that's great. that's great so yeah so for our hourly team members they can log in on their phone or on their desktop to 
clock in and clock out. If you forget to clock out, then they just let me know. I can go in and update it. It's great for keeping track of hours. And also, if you run over, it lets me know that, okay, there's an issue here. Let's find out why we're running over on this particular task or this particular position. Let's work through this and get it figured out. Um, because, you know, we we really shouldn't have to work overtime where we're at. So you're adding people to payroll. You're taking them off. Are you also yep. managing if we do things like bonuses and raises and stuff like that? Exactly. Super simple. You just simply put it in the little box mm-hmm. and it figures out the taxes, everything. It's a great, great tool. I, I highly recommend benefits. Also within payroll, I collect W-8s and W-9s for our overseas partners, as well as our United States partners, because we're going to need those for taxes. Very important. You want to get that done. Mm -hmm. Because we work with like coaches and, you know, other freelancers, a lot of them. So very important tip that will save your life. Affiliates. Uh, Just for any time you're collecting tax stocks collect them before you make your first payment. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Make it a prerequisite for for payment. So we do that with our affiliates, Mm -hmm. our affiliates for business by design. You don't get your payment until you give us your form. Mm -hmm. And that way we don't have to chase and collect because people are always willing to do something when they're going to get money. So it's such such a simple (laughs) thing to do. And it's totally understandable. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going to get paid if you don't fill this out. But that's a great example of kind of like thinking ahead too, because just really like if you just think about it, if you don't have your tax stocks, how can you even like collect on do whatever you need to do with taxes? I don't know the exact words, but yeah, just thinking ahead, what are you going to need from people? And how do you get that before you, you know, do the Mm -hmm. thing that you said you were going to do? Yes. Yeah. I send an email out for the affiliates as they sign up because I am a detail person, which is why this position is perfect for Mm, me. Yes, you are. And it's just one of the details. And yeah, I I tell them, you're not going to get paid. If I don't get this, you're not going to get paid. And it's amazing how quickly many of you will jump through a hoop so you can get paid. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Love that. And then lastly, with regards to payroll, it's benefits. You can... Obviously, if you have a health insurance or a vision insurance or dental insurance, you can take that deduction right out of the Zenefits payroll option, which again, makes it super easy. I'm also in charge of making sure our benefits are up to date, that everybody has the correct plan. With many of us moving to Arizona, we had to switch plans. It's a background kind of thing. It's done. It's handled. Boom. We're, we're ready to go. Isn't that why you started a business? So you could manage benefit and payroll plans and stuff like that? I'm trying to keep it sexy. Yeah, yeah no, it's... Yeah. If anything, especially if you're hiring like Gen Z or millennials, just make their lives easier and just not originally. Like we didn't have benefits. What are you saying, first... Jelly? No, I'm just saying parents like to know that oh, okay. you get benefits. It's a thing. Bennies. I think the, I think the new kids call them Bennies now. Bennies. What are my like, Bennies? Dad, I finally got Bennies. <laughs> Let's go to celebrating at Denny's because I got new Bennies. All right. No, but I think having that stuff on the horizon and just, you know, as you start taking on a couple team members, especially like in person or, you know, in the same country you are, I think it's important just to think through that because that's something that gives you a competitive advantage over other people. Where does someone go to start figuring out how they should get benefits? Like, where would they go to... Well, I was going to say the yellow pages, obviously. I'm a very there, there's school, companies so. that do it. Is it? Yeah. Wh- yeah. You contact an insurance broker and the insurance broker will hook you up with the right provider. We use CalChoice. CalChoice gives us a slew of providers to choose from. So we're not all stuck using the same person. And that's what you want. And that's what a good benefits insurance broker will do for you. Is that embarrassing that I didn't know that benefits come from working with an insurance broker? 
No, I'm the detail person. <laughs> I had no idea. I was like, is there a benefit? And we also used to work in insurance. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, we're very blessed to have that, that background. Benefit, yes. yes. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's really great to hear. That's why I asked. It was for my own selfish interest. So how would one come to acquire benefits in a company? Also speaking with your financial advisor, if you have one for your company, they're also going to let you know that you need to offer, again, health, life, dental benefits, a 401k plan. And our benefits, we also include vacation time for salaried employees and the team retreats. Those are all big benefits. I, again, worked with Jilly's dad for 30 years. We never did a team retreat. What? Bill. Bill, I hope you're not listening. (laughs) Loved working with you all those years, but we never did a team retreat. (laughs) Never. We had a bougie Christmas lunch and we got to take a half day off. How about our Christmas? Well, not this year, but the year before. Those are great Christmases. How do you do that? Boom, and check a bow wow. It's brown chicken, brown cow. Oh, brown. brown. Go ahead, do it, do it. You brown do. chicken, brown cow. Brown chicken, brown cow. <laughs> okay, because I won the ugly sweater contest, so that was an That's awesome true. Christmas party. That's true. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Lot it's of fun. like a reverse white elephant where we auction off wrapped gifts that you don't know. You all get Monopoly money. This has nothing to do with this episode. You all get Monopoly money when you walk in the door. And then I have wrapped a ton of gifts and you have no idea what they are. One of them could be a brick. The other one could be a brand new TV. You have no idea and you hold it in your hand. You can smell it. You can shake it. And then you have to bid on this secret gift. You don't even know what you're bidding on. And it really brings out our money stories, doesn't it? Some people are literally holding on to this fake money. I'm like, guys, remember, it's all fake money. You can't use this anywhere. (laughs) If you're trying to save it and put it in your 401k, it's not going to do anything. And we had some great gifts. Mm -hmm. One of them was a picture that used to hang over James's bed. Of a giraffe. Of a giraffe. Of a giraffe in a colonel's like military outfit. We got Alicia, a, do you still have that? No. Uh, so Alicia won it and it was a gag gift. I was like, oh, I feel so bad for whoever's going to get this. And Alicia loved it. I mean, she was so happy. <gasps> yeah, we really, this is mine. And I'm like, oh, it really deserves to go to a great home. It's framed. This was like a real painted canvas. Like, you know, art. I think it was art. Okay. I got an iPad once. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. We've given away TV. It's, anyway, so Christmas party, our team retreats. We love to do that stuff because I love to do that stuff. So You know, we have to keep it fun. Yeah. Have to keep it well, fun. Well, we get to keep it fun. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's easy to make it fun. You know, we're a creative marketing company. So a lot of the stuff that we do is inherently fun. And the more fun, the more creativity that gets created in the group, the more value that provides in the business. Absolutely. I, I have like roundtables when we do the roundtables and everybody gets to put in their two cents worth. And the idea could be wacky, crazy, yeah. but it can be a lot of fun at the same time. And we do that at our team retreat yeah. as well. And that's how we came up with the BBD sales team. Hello, wow. Darlene. Yeah, Darlene, that was her idea. What's been another wacky idea? Do you guys remember? Hmm. Hmm. Van life tour? We haven't done it yet, though. <laughs> that's what I want to do. <laughs> we haven't done that yet. But no, but is. I think, I mean, there's random ideas, but there's also like ideas for your position as well. So for example, one of the very specific ideas that I had for my intention for my position was I want to be known for running the best launches in the industry. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, like I think a year Boom. or two after that, I get that comment regularly. Mm-hmm. Regularly. But I'm not launch manager anymore, so I'll miss that. Oh, <laughs> you manage the launch manager. Yeah. My idea this year was to be part of a teaching team for what we're talking about right now. So yeah, you put that intention out to be on the podcast and like, 
we didn't force that or like, well, Darlene wants to be on it, so we should do it. It was like, we were working on this series. I'm like, we really need to do something about operations. I'm like, what do you think about, oh, Darlene said she wanted it, but this is gonna be perfect. Yeah, intention, intention, you know, it's, it's important. Cool beans. Okay, what's next? Lastly. Number five. The most unsexy part of running your business as he's sleeping over there. <laughs> Human resources. HR. HR. So important. This is obviously going to run your company. It is the most boring part because <laughs> there's, it's just not sexy. I mean, I just really. Jasmine said she loved being in HR though. I you feel know, like she was like a therapist for the employees. What is HR? What is human resources? Well, there's so much to it. I mean, there's, Mm. uh, as an example, I talked about a little bit earlier, signing up to various human resource sites. There's a ton of uh, advertising there. To to keep up with the laws, the legislation. Exactly. Exactly. To keep up with the laws and the legislation. It's so important because you may eventually have that employee Mm -hmm. who wants to take you to court because you didn't do something correctly, which we've never had. But it may happen. So anyways, it's important that your HR person yeah, is on you, top of- Yeah, you need of, to know these laws. You have to be up to date. Fortunately, I have yeah. a couple friends who were in HR. So if I ever have a question, mm. I simply reach out to them. Although HR changes on a daily basis. So yeah, it's a full-time thing. It, it is an absolutely full-time thing. Onboarding? Um, onboarding. Onboarding is a part of HR? Onboarding is a part of HR. And actually, that's one of the processes that I created on monday.com because there's probably 25 different little tasks- within that, that I have to remember to do each and every time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a huge one. And you have to onboard properly. So your employees know what's expected of them. There's so much in the onboarding. There's just the, the contracts and the signing and the green to things. Then there's, there's training and then there's integrating and assimilating into the culture and just understanding the way we do things as a general practice. And it takes time because we do things differently. And I would say it's fair to say that no one has come into our company and said, oh, this is just like how I did it at my last job. People are like, I've never been a part of something like this. Definitely. I think people have their professional hats when they come on and we're like, please take that off immediately. That's not serving you here. Knock down the walls of your cubicle. Exactly. (laughs) You're free. Exactly. (laughs) Throw away those dress pants. You don't need them anymore. We don't care what you look like, Uh, but you do smell. So take a shower. (laughs) Throwing away the dress pants and the heels was very hard for me. I might add. No, we're sorry. (laughs) I know. Sorry. Okay. So the next thing is contract preparation for coaches and VAs. So contract preparation for VAs and coaches. Again, so important because you want to have outlined what they're responsible for. Um, As an example, our next level coaches are required to attend our virtual and or in live events. Mm -hmm. They're required to post on the Facebook on a regular basis. There's parameters that are set for each position that is under contract. So you're assuming a lot that, that our audience knows everything, which is okay. But just to kind of back up and let people understand what you just said is... We have full-time employees that work within the company, and then we have other people that work in some capacity, which you could have as like a freelance type role. So certain contractors that work with us for a set period of time, and one of those for us are our coaches. Our coaches are not full-time employees. In fact, someone recently, I think it was Trace in the Next Level community, was asking about that. He's like, you guys talk a lot about your in-house people, but then your your coaches have their own businesses and stuff. And, and those are not a part of the core Team Wedmore group. Our coaches have their own businesses. They have their own sources of income. And then they are paid for those dedicated few hours every week that they contribute to our communities and supporting our members. And so for that reason, they are not a full-time employee. They're not categorized the same way as the rest of our team. 
they're also, because of that, above the law of our culture. We don't ask them to operate the way we do, but there are things in the contract that says this is what's expected and required as a part of your exchange and monies. Yeah. And I think some of the objections I've heard of building a team could be something like, well, what's stopping them from just taking everything that they learn from me and then doing it themselves? Well, That's, contracts protect you from that. Yes. And it's so adorable when we try to see people do that. <laughs> I'm going to be such an a-hole for just a moment. But it's very easy when you and a great core group of people, as I'm talking to you guys, as I point to you, as I say that, have been doing something that you didn't figure out yesterday, but you've been working on and building on and moving on for many, many years. And you have that momentum. And yeah, when we're rock stars, we do make things look really simple. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people come in and say, I could do that. <laughs> and to that I say, have at it. Yeah. And, you know, that's that. So I never worry about those things because what I worry about is communication and integrity. If you just communicate with me what you're doing and what your goals are and where you're going to put your time and your energy and we agree to that and that's fine, then wonderful. What you should be more concerned about is if somebody is joining your team for the wrong reasons. Yes. I'm, and, and this is why I have a huge thing against hiring. We're not getting into hiring today because we could have a whole podcast on the topic of hiring. But one of the biggest mistakes in hiring I see all the time, especially in people that are entrepreneurial communities, is they're using their community as their hiring pool. What is the matter with you? Don't do that. Why are you hiring entrepreneurs mm -mm. for employee roles? Come on. That doesn't make any sense. And here's the biggest thing with that. Oh, yes, I want to apply. And they will impress you so much. They'll send you gifts. They will flatter you and they will feed your ego so much. But you have to understand why are they doing that? Because they want to be closer to you. Why do they want to be closer to you? Because they think somehow that by osmosis, your success is going to rub off on them. They're finally going to reveal the, to them the secret to your success that you haven't been able to share. And then they're going to take it and go. And that's nine times out of 10. Obviously, there's this is a generality. Nothing is absolute and 100%. But as a general rule of thumb, we've seen this time and time and time again, when you're trying to pull from, attract from a team that is a bunch of your entrepreneurial audience members or people that want to be like you, they're working for you for the wrong reasons. Yes. And this is such a, such a total sidebar. But to that question that you brought up is like, aren't you worried about people coming and you know just starting their own thing? Well, a lot of that is where are they coming from? What's the intention? Are they looking for a job or are they looking to already come in and I just want to be like you and siphon off and, and go. Mm -hmm. But some people do come in and Jasmine isn't a great example yes. of that. She came in, she was burnt out in a lot of ways from her previous life. And she just said, I just want to get paid my nine to five and do kind of mindless work. She got re-inspired. She did all this stuff. She, she was doing all this stuff within the company. She attends BBD Live, boom, has this million dollar idea, launches a membership, makes all this money and says, I'm out. Mm -hmm. But we said, well, we love you. She says, I love you guys. Let's find a way in which we can still stay involved. That was like three and a half years ago. And she's still a integral part of, of the team. Yes. You know, so it's where someone's heart is at. You know, are they a taker? Then you we need to be able to catch that before or during the hiring process and not let them in. Yeah, I think another thing. I mean, I know we don't want to do this on hiring, but especially in this topic, <laughs> so but, much to talk about. Yeah, I know. But I think another issue that comes up with hiring entrepreneurs, especially in your same field, is they come to the table with 
too many preconceived notions or like, I already know that. There's not a lot of, they're not coming as a blank slate. They're coming with things that they're, they're even going to be harder to unlearn different things because yep. they think they already know what mm-hmm. they're doing, but they just have their, in their own way. Right. It's just kind of like in a football team with like, you just hired a bunch of free agents. You might have someone who's very talented within your organization, but what is that doing to the overall team? And when you're not creating a cohesive team that works together because you have someone who's like, but I'm my own superstar and I'm amazing in all his ways, it actually really affects the team culture. And you as the CEO, the digital CEO, need to be mindful of that, even if it's a team of three. So, yeah. Yeah, I think you want to look for entrepreneurs, not entrepreneurs. Yes, yeah. yes. Big difference. Okay, also responsible for help wanted ads and applicant management. Mm-hmm. So as an example, Evie was recently hiring Jilly and Evie were both hiring for our newest podcast manager, Atlas, whoop, 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 and Avriel, who works with our Instagram. So they both have guidelines as to what they're looking for. So a test was created. I ran the ad. The persons, they respond. I review all the resumes. I review all the tests that they took. I review them for all the applicants. And then I create a spreadsheet for Evie and say, this is a yes or this is a no. Actually, I don't even put the no's on there. There's no sense in and filling mm. up a spreadsheet that doesn't yeah. need to be there. So so that's very helpful for the other members of our team who are looking for somebody within their field. So you're doing a lot to manage that hiring process. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Again, details. Details. Yeah. Do you so. do an interview every time? With Are you one of the rounds of interviews? No. No. Okay. No. Okay. Oh, but you do do the firing. I do the firing. <laughs> Isn't that nice? Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. We all need someone like Darlene in our lives to do I that. I think everyone's sitting here is like, I already knew I needed a Jilly. <laughs> now I need a Darlene. <laughs> you know, actually firing is not that hard to do. I Because we don't work together like we used to, we're not all in the same office. For me, I'm very detached. It's, it's my job. I'm, <clears> you know, <throat> if you're not doing your job, unfortunately, I'm going to let you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, and when you combine the scorecard metric with the performance reviews and our core values, it's actually very easy. Be like, oh. communicate, here's where the breakdowns are. And we haven't seen a change in any of the behavior, the results, the actions, the attitude. Mm-hmm. So no change. This is a no go. Exactly. So let's just touch on that a little bit further, because one of the things that we do. You fired. <laughs> <laughs> James, you got to go. You got to go. You got to go. <laughs> goodbye (laughs) goodbye so again we talked about help wanted ads and applicant management we've talked a little bit about onboarding and i have the monday board that tells me all the tasks that i need to accomplish and then i also put on their forms that we have our employees complete when we hire them such as just basic information like their name their address social security number there's just so much other stuff and and we also have them do a scavenger hunt so all those forms are located within the monday.com board so they can easily access i invented the scavenger hunt I like the scavenger hunt. Atlas hates the scavenger hunt. (laughs) (laughs) I see sitting here watching Wait, let me explain the scavenger hunt because I came up with this. I liked it. That might have been too soon for Atlas. (laughs) (laughs) Little little sore there. All right, so here's the scavenger hunt. For me, it's very important, especially as we are virtual. And he's going to go, oh, that's why I was supposed to do it. It's very important to me, especially as we are in a more virtual world, that the team, team culture... A lot of what's going to create the team culture and a better and more effective communication is going to come down to connection. The more you know who you are communicating with on a daily basis, the more you know who you work with, 
the better. The team scavenger hunt is each new team member is given the roster of the team and they have to go and individually have a conversation with the rest of the team and they have a deadline to do it with. They get on that call, whether it's Zoom or a telephone or in person if they can, and they interview them. They say, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me about your role. What metric in the company are you responsible for and anything else? Now, we used to say that you then had to take off one of their to-do items and do something for them. So you had to actually spend an afternoon in their role. Which was beautiful because people are always saying like, oh, I just hired this new person. How do I keep them busy? Yes. This was a great hack so This was a great way to keep, thing, keep your new hires busy. But when you have like 15 people on a team and someone comes on new and all of a sudden they don't even get to do their job because like 15 people are saying, here, yeah. do this. It got a little overwhelming a little fast. But there's a secret thing I'm doing with the scavenger hunt (laughs) is then I go to each of the employees and I say, how was the scavenger hunt? How was the interview with the new hire? What did they ask you? How was it? Were they listening? Were they paying attention? They ask you good questions. And because I learned this a little slowly than most, and maybe some of you haven't learned this yet, but your employees are gonna show up a little differently for you than they do for the rest of your team. So yes, I use my team as spies to tell me who this new hire (laughs) really is. Did you know that I do that? Oh my gosh, he knows now. That's well, we, we the, that's the patented it. scavenger hunt. It's brilliant. I yeah, love it. and the thing we say or Darlene says in the scavenger hunt, it's like the scavenger hunt is our example of like how you do one thing is how you do everything. Totally. Yeah, it's, we love it. The inside joke is that Atlas did me last for the scavenger hunt. That's okay. I don't take it personally. It's all right. It's cool. Not at all. I'm fine. Yeah, not you don't take it personally <laughs> at all. No. My therapist and I worked it out. Okay. <laughs> I'm important. I'm important. (laughs) I might be last on his list, but I'm first on mine. (laughs) All right. Sorry. Okay. So also with human resources, the department heads do a 30, 60, and 90-day review with each of the team members. Their first 30, 60, 90 days. Their first. Yes, exactly. And really, the problems, that's when they're going to show up. And that's when it's the perfect time to nip it in the butt. Mm -hmm. So also- Is it bud or butt? Because you said bud and you said butt. I think it's both. I like to say butt, but I was trying to be- Proper. Okay. All right. <laughs> Why be proper? Right. Nip it in the ass. All right. <laughs> right there. Okay. So procedural audits. Now, if there's a problem, and maybe the person has been talked to about this problem once, now they're being talked to about it a second time. Well, you know what? Maybe we just need to write up what we call a strike form. Ooh, you, don't, you don't want a strike. You don't want a strike because three strikes within three a strikes year, is a warning. Three warnings, and that's a citation. Three citations, and now we're in trouble. Oh, that's from the Wait. office. Anyone? <laughs> Did you get the reference? This is so good, right? We have a three-strike rule. We explain the actual three-strike. Any Office fans out there, I know you love that one. I watched all the episodes of The Office. And I oh, when Dwight becomes the manager and he has shroot bucks, <laughs> and he says, this is a shroot buck, but then he has like citations, and he does this whole thing where he's like, three citations, you get a warning. Three warnings, and that's a strike. Right. Three strike. That's so funny. Anyways. Just a little background on how the strike thing came to be. We're super high on performance. So the strikes were very important to me because it was something that I noticed that overall team members were doing a great job, like big picture on their goals or on their projects or whatever. But there was little things being missed that needed to be nipped in the ass. Oh, <laughs> like typos. And how so things like holding people accountable 
for small things that add up to a bigger picture. Yes. So things like typos, no way. Broken links, no way. We uh -uh. cannot have that not operating at this I level. I mean, we did our last launch, the last launch last year. And there was like one mistake the entire time. Mm -hmm. Isn't that right? Yeah. Like you wouldn't have found typos, broken links, or like the wrong page or a broken page or anything right. like mm -hmm. that. And that's performance. Right. That's olympic level mm -hmm. and that's what we're talking about because that's our big thing that's like opening night broadway musical and your mics don't work you know right. like you don't want those type of mistakes it's yeah. at this level it's just it's unacceptable right and overall people might be doing a good job but if those things are happening you just can't let those continue happening because ultimately it will affect your team culture and overall performance because Completely. how you do one thing is how you do everything yep. and how someone sees you do one thing is how they're going to then emulate doing mm -hmm. that. So if one person doesn't care about typos, then why would the next person care yeah. about typos? Oh, I guess it really doesn't matter. Right. It's they're just, not gonna it's just get... lip service. They exactly. don't really mean it. Mm -hmm. yeah. So there has to be a way, an internal way to keep consequences, consequences and just accountability on even the smallest thing. I.e. get a Darlene. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not for hire, but thank you. Because <laughs> I'm sticking with you. Aww, I'm sticking with you. Darlene. I know. So anyways, it is important to do 30, 60, 90 day reviews. It is important to notate if somebody does something repeatedly, it needs to be corrected. If it's not corrected, it's going to continue. Mm -hmm. So we do the strike form. I usually take care of the first strike. I'll have a, a quick conversation with them to hopefully get the problem corrected. If it's noticed again, they're going to end up speaking with their department head. If it's noticed again, James may speak to them, but it's probably that's the third strike. They're going to probably be fired. I don't speak so. to them. I shun them. Well, yeah, okay. I've noticed that. No, <laughs> no you don't. You don't. Shun I, them. I'm shunning you for the next 30 days. No, James is very fair. James is always willing to give another chance especially once we've talked to them, but you know, let's see what happens, but you can only give so many chances, yeah. darn it. And again, I, can I say what? Yes. What? I am the office bitch. Oh, she, I didn't know that she was going to say, I didn't get permission for that. I'm the witch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the office witch. Oh and my so, goodness. You know Are we allowed to say that on the podcast? Yeah. I heard you say the F word on the podcast. But well, we censor it. Oh, okay. So I'm the office Don't. witch. We, and you know what? It's okay. Matt, I, bleep it. Bleep <laughs> it all. I don't mind being that person. We have kids. Hey kids! Hey kids! The, I'm sure that the youngsters are loving this boring. Yeah. Mommy, what's HR? What is that? <laughs> All right. Making it sexy. Brown chicken. Brown cow. We're doing a great job of that. I mean, awesome. really, you guys are doing great. Thank awesome. you, darling. You're welcome. Is that it for HR? The big picture stuff. I mean, that's that's, that's it a good for the big picture stuff. So that's let's it. go ahead and recap all five of these topics. We've got finances which is money in, money out, you know, expenses predominantly. We have managing team culture. If you as the CEO create an environment of great team culture, how is it managed, maintained, and enforced? And then we have the area number three of team performance, which is how are we tracking the progress, the performance, the results of the team, and how is that being managed and maintained? Then we have payroll, which is your biggest expense. And it's a whole thing where taxes and contracts and all that stuff comes in. And who's managing that raises and bonuses and getting people on payroll, off of payroll, all that. And then finally, the world of HR, HR, which is all the other stuff of dealing with having employees. And you do all of this and you do it so well Aww. and you doing it so well allows our growth team and myself to go out 
and do what we do best and help a lot of people, reach a lot of people and put out the best stuff we possibly can. And this is why we talk about this stuff, guys, is because you didn't get into business. 99% of you listening didn't get into business so you could do the things that we just said. But I don't care because if you wanna do the things you wanna do, your business needs the things that we just covered. Your business needs them. Just like your relationships have needs, you have needs, your business have needs. And if you don't fulfill on the needs of your business, you're not gonna have a business for much longer. It's gonna start getting louder and naggier and more complainier and it's going to take you away from the things you want to do because you're not giving your business the thing that it needs it's called operations for a reason i mean it, it without it your business can't operate exactly oh i should we just should have said that <laughs> that's a way simpler that's way to why say you have it. things me i make things efficient for there, you there you go i love it okay any final thoughts darlene on anything you covered or anything you feel like you might have left out that would help anyone here get going with this I don't think anything was left out. Again, it's all about the details, devil's in the details. I'm a detail person. I love details. I love doing like jigsaw puzzles because I just like making that piece fit. And for me, that's what the director of operations does is I make the pieces fit. Yes, you do. Fit very well. Yeah, absolutely. Jilly, any final words or thoughts here? The only other thing that was coming to me is how important operations become for really for the team culture. And the reason why we can grow and attract the people that we do for our team is because we have these things in place and people see that we have those things in place and we become a place that someone wants to work at because they know that they're going to be taken care of the right way. Absolutely. Darlene, what a joy, what a pleasure to have you on the show. You asked in January and Within a couple of weeks, we made it happen. Here it is, February. <laughs> Bam. Bam. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. No, thank you so much. I, I hope you guys found the value in this episode. I'd be a little concerned and alarmed if you're a business owner and you didn't find value in this. I would be worried right now if I were you. So I'm just serious. So if you're like, no, this is boring. Well, of course, this isn't valuable. That is dangerous thinking. So please, these are things that your business needs. This is why we're sharing these things. This is why we're doing this entire series on down to business. Because these are the behind the scene things that no one's really talking about that make your business operate. Thank you, Darlene. Thank you, Jilly. Thank you guys, our listeners, for tuning in, hanging out. We'll see you next time or we'll hear you next time right here on the Mind Your Business Podcast. Take care. Hi, James here, and thank you so much for tuning in to our very special Down to Business series that we've created for you. And I think the fact that you've made it here to the end means that you're the type of business owner and entrepreneur that knows just how important these topics are to actually running a successful business like an actual business. And I wanted to help you with that. One of the many things that I've learned and discovered over the years as a tool that has allowed my team and I to perform at higher and higher levels is something called a scorecard. You see, when every member on your team owns a very specific metric and you track that metric every week, you're going to see your performance naturally increase. And although this may overwhelm some entrepreneurs at first, what metrics do we record and how do we record them? We wanted to make it easier for you. So I've got a very special gift. When you opt in for my little special freebie at jameswedmore.com forward slash scorecard, I am going to give you absolutely free a scorecard template that you can immediately plug and play into your business. Plus, as an example, you're going to learn from the exact scorecard that I use in my own business to run our eight 
figure company. This is a plug and play pre-made tool that you can immediately go to work and use in your business, even if you only have one additional team member part-time working for you. Implement this now. Do not wait. It is that valuable. Head on over to jameswoodmore.com forward slash scorecard to get your free scorecard template right now. Hey, it's James here. And if you're like me, it's very easy to get overwhelmed by all the new content that you're learning on a weekly basis, especially when you have someone like me who's producing at least an hour on the podcast every week. That's why I want to invite you to tune in and re-listen to some of the best segments and highlights of our show over on YouTube. When you visit jameswedmore.tv, you'll get a series of weekly uploaded YouTube videos highlighting the best parts of our show so you can go back and re-listen to the parts that are gonna make the biggest difference for you. That's jameswedmore.tv. Make sure to subscribe and we'll see you over there. Take care. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I want to show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is, this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate, and we can get started right now.